welcome to Bumped with Hayley and Rochelle. From IVF besties to pregnancy pals, this is a podcast all about the highs and lows of pregnancy and our steps towards motherhood. So grab a glass of bubbles or probably a cup of tea and join us as we bump along together. Hello, welcome to the very first episode of Bumped with Hayley and Rochelle. What an exciting day this is. It is. <laughs> we um, are so excited to be bringing you um, stories about our own pregnancies, um, as well as um, we've got a range of guests that we're so excited to talk about. I think I've said excited about five times already, but that might be the word of the day. Um, so we're, yeah, we're, we're pumped to um, not only um, share our stories with you, our um you know, it might just be my mum listening at this point, but hopefully <laughs> there's a few. <laughs> <Hi, mom. laughs> um, but um, also it's a really nice way of, um, you know, us connecting and also kind of recording our pregnancies because I don't know about you, Rochelle, but I cannot remember anything about anything. And if I don't write it down, it's like it never happened. So this is like a nice little diary for ourselves as well. Awesome. Um, so we have introduced ourselves on Instagram. Um, please follow us um, along. We'll be sharing lots of lovely content and, um, uh, you know, some little tidbits about our life and our experience. Um, we've also introduced ourselves in the preview, but maybe uh, we need a little bit more one-on-one time. So, um, Rochelle, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are, where you are, who's in your fam? Uh, give us a little bit of goss. So I originally grew up in the Brossa. Everyone always swoons over, oh, my God, you must love wine. And I do, but I actually hate <laughs> red wine. Red wine is disgusting. I hate it. So the Brossa isn't the best for a white wine lover, but it's it's lovely. I loved living there. Um, but my husband and I moved to Melbourne oh, five, six years ago now. Can't remember, and we've been living here since. Besides a twelve-month stint in the Riverland, where I met Haley. So yeah, it's been we move around uh, quite a bit. I'd say we've lived in more houses than years. Does that make sense? That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Yeah, it makes like, sense. We probably moved more. I don't know. Um. Anyway. So who is, um, who's your husband <laughs> who am I? and who are your oh, dogs? Yeah. My husband is Jed. He's an engineer and I have two dogs, a boxer called Barnaby and an Italian greyhound called Louis. And he is just a ball of energy and then he sleeps for five hours a day. So it's great, um, especially when you're pregnant and you don't have the energy to take the big dog and the small dog for a walk. So you just throw a ball. Or give the little one a cuddle. <laughs> um, Perfect. Jed and I have gone through IVF. That's why we're here today. And we are currently 15 weeks pregnant. So that's been exciting. Absolutely. Um, so what um, you are based in Melbourne at the moment. So you yeah. are living lockdown life. Yes, lockdown since I think it was mid to late March and there was a couple weeks in in June that we were able to see friends. And I think since March we've seen friends a total of four times, Mm. one of them across a front fence. So it's been really difficult to go seven, eight months locked up in a house, not really seeing anyone. Thankfully, Jed can still go to work on site because it is a government job, so He's fine. I'm stuck in the house with the dogs and no one to talk to. And has that made like appointments and stuff? Have you been able to have face-to-face appointments or are you doing things on Zoom? Like what's been? Yeah. yeah. Um, so IVF-wise before we fell pregnant, there was a stint, I think it was in June, that everything kind of changed a bit. Um, we weren't sure if we were able to do another transfer or not. But we were, they kind of, everything was the same, but partners weren't allowed to go. Mm -hmm. So when we did our last transfer, I did everything by myself. So I went to all the appointments, ultrasounds, not that Jed went to them anyway, Um, blood tests, even the transfer itself was alone. So that was a bit, I know it wasn't scary. It was just 
different and lonely being a bit vulnerable in that operating theatre with your legs spread <laughs> and a big, a big light shining on your lady bits and you're just there by yourself. But yeah, And then all the appointments afterwards have been alone. So our first OB appointment, all our scans up until 12 weeks were alone. So I think Jed didn't really get to connect with the pregnancy until mm. we found a clinic in Melbourne that allowed a partner to attend for our 12-week scan. So good. Yeah. So good. I th- it wasn't until that point where I think Jed became quite comfortable with the pregnancy because obviously the first trimester you don't really show much. You're just bloated and cranky and everyone's, you know, against you, <laughs> especially when you're nauseous and everything like that. So now that we're in the second trimester, he's seen bubs move and my hormones have calmed down. Everything's a lot more pleasant. Awesome. So obviously, you know, I feel like pregnancy just changes everything, but, um, you know, pre-pregnancy or maybe now, like what kind of person are you? How would, uh, how would you describe yourself? How would I describe myself? That's always a question that I struggle with. Like, you know, when you go to an interview for a job and they're like, tell me about yourself. I'm like, my name's Rochelle. I'm 28. (laughs) Like, it's it's so hard to, um, I don't know, answer that question. I, well, I'm 28. Yes, good Um, start. I live in Melbourne (laughs) with my husband and two dogs. Um, I would say I'm friendly. Um, I'm very caring, probably quite empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I do wear my heart on my sleeve. So if I'm upset, you're probably going to know mm-hmm. about it. Um, I'm quite, I've, I'm not anxious person, but definitely going through IVF and pregnancy, my anxiety has kicked up quite a bit, especially being in lockdown with COVID. Um, but other than that, I love wine, love adventure and just hanging out, mm. just chilling. I would add um, stylish to that as well because I think you have a gorgeous style. I am Um, a bit – I have a too much jean. So if I want a jacket, I'll buy that jacket. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And maybe two others that look the same. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh, that reminds me of my sister. She's literally got like a shopping – no, like a washing basket full of nude heels. Like they're all – nude strappy sandals she's got like six or eight different versions so yeah I don't get that really well (laughs) but I do have the same boots in three different colors so perfect you know what you want and then I know what I want and I go for it (laughs) that's awesome I um also loved and this was sort of like pre-lockdown Rochelle I feel like adventurous is great especially with um like exercise and fitness and stuff like the aerial ribbon things and like you're always doing something cool yeah yeah I get really bored really quickly and I'll either go 110% into something or like nothing I get Mm -hmm. over it really quickly so just going to the gym no I'll get bored like nah but then you know, going to Kate's Pilates, that's really fun and energetic, doing silk aerial or, you know, aerial yoga. It's something that's different. It's fun. It's engaging. And I just love it. But lockdown, it's not great for those things if you can't go anywhere. So I have not been doing too much exercise besides the occasional YouTube yoga in my living room. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of... Pregnancy plus lockdown has really uh, taken the fun out of adventuring. It Um, is, but it has been good because the first trimester for me has been quite nauseous. So to be able to hide in my bedroom with my Ritz has been quite lovely and not have to like go outside and pretend I feel great. (laughs) Yeah, it's like cocooning, I think. Um, Well, we're certainly, we're actually going to hear more about your pregnancy so far in just a little bit. Um, But I think that's a really nice way of uh, introducing yourself. Um, I also have a dog. So I am too, am a dog mum to a little sausage dog called Kevin. Um, and he has, we never grew up with dogs. So having a dog, I just kind of, I liked the idea of it, but I wasn't really sure how good a dog mum I was going to be. Um, he has absolutely changed my life. And I think when you're trying to conceive and you've got this little 
ball of love at home, I think that's been the very best thing. And I feel like that was the moment that really made Stuart and I a family because we got him just Aww. after um, just after we got married. So, um, yeah, so I'm living in the Riverland. I'm from Adelaide originally um, but have spent some time in Melbourne as well and I studied uh, musical theatre um, at the University of Ballarat. Um, so I've done a bit of moving around myself, but I've been in the Riverland for almost 10 years now and we have a gorgeous little, it's not really a property, but it's, you know, it's a, an acre. It's decent um, compared to what we get here in Melbourne. Yeah, You're definitely that's on true. a very big, nice block. That's true. So we don't, we don't have, you know, um, like it's not a farm, but we've got a few chickens and we've got some beautiful gum trees and almond blossoms right next door. Um, so we're in Renmark. Um, my husband and I are both high school teachers, which is great um, and really stressful all at the same time. Um, and I, yeah, so I've sort of um, grew up singing and dancing and pursuing um, performing arts and then um, did that for a couple of years and had um, some uh really great experiences at the um at the fringe festivals um and then I moved into radio so that's actually what brought me up to the Riverland so I was um working with Riverland Radio for a couple of years which was um yeah it was really cool and then um did a bit of marketing bit of events um I had a wedding planning business um for a little bit um, and now teaching full-time. So um, I'll talk about full-time work and pregnancy when I talk about my pregnancy so far. Um, but that's definitely been very, very stressful. Um, but I, gosh, this is, yeah. It's hard, hard to talk about yourself. <laughs> but like now you're talking, I'm like, oh, I probably should have mentioned that. <laughs> That's all right. Um, so I think I'm, you know, I'm generally pretty friendly and bubbly as well. Um, pregnancy has definitely brought out my darker side. Um, Who's your husband, Haley? My husband is Stuart. Um, he also has a couple of podcasts in the um, D&D world um, and he does some content creation um, and he's a history teacher um, and he is our silent producer as well. So he's been very good in the corner of the room, not hey, saying sure. anything. <laughs> hey, sure. Um, we might might have him as a special guest one episode maybe. Um, so, hey, yeah, Hayley. so we've – yeah. For those who don't know, what's D&D? Uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the oh, um, role-playing game, awesome. um, which I had never really ventured into before I met Stuart. Um, but we actually have a couple of campaigns going on, have, have a couple of games with friends, including nice. one with Jed and Rochelle, which we haven't played we in a do. while. Yeah. Um, and the second to last time we played, I was so drunk that I couldn't remember anything that <laughs> we did <laughs> That would have been a while ago now. Yeah, I think um, it was definitely a while ago. Jed gets on the red wine when we play and he enjoys himself thoroughly. There's a few plot holes when we play together the next time, but that's okay. Um, So I, like I'm such a girly girl. I love, um, uh, yeah, I love rom-coms and I love um, hanging out with girlfriends and I love going to the movies and champagne and high tea yes. and fancy dinners and all the finer things in life. Um, and then we um, we love to travel as well. So we've been a bit, um, not that we had any major travel plans this year, luckily, because we were hoping to have a baby instead, um, but we're definitely feeling a bit itchy and we've been trying to do some little mini breaks around um, South Australia, which is kind of nice um, while we can, but I shouldn't talk about that in front of you, Rochelle, because <laughs> no, you please. can't do that. Right had now. to rebook our weekends, our yes. birthday weekends, like three times. Oh, it sucks. Soon, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, anyway. Um, so, yeah, so that's a bit about us. Um, obviously, we will be, um, you know, I guess you'll get to know us a little bit more throughout the season and we'll be talking about um, the highs and lows of, of our experience and um, hopefully having a little bit of fun along the way. So um, now I think our meeting story was really cute. So <laughs> I think we should go with that one. So, Rochelle, yeah. do you want to kick us off with um, how we actually met? Sure. Um, well, we had a mutual friend. Hi, Justin, if you're listening. Hey, um, Justin and Ella. Um, 
I think we must have met at their house at some point when Jed and I lived in the Riverland last year. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact first encounter, but we did go to, I don't, it's, it's not a festival. I'd say it's like a, what would you say day, what, down in Cairns was? Well, it was, um, there was a music festival. It was just kind of a one day thing yeah. um, in Adelaide that we all went to, but I think it hasn't made its return. So it might've just oh. been a one-off. Yeah, I think it was the kickoff of, I think, their renovations or something at Pirate Life. Um, anyway, big day, down the cans. Um, I think Haley and I were both drinking the wine in the can. Yeah, which is, which is actually delicious. It's delicious. Quite al- alcoholic. So <laughs> the night progresses and we just ended up together on a random table, not knowing where anyone else was, and just chatting. And then... I guess the whole when you're a little bit drunk, this new person, you get to know each other and then you just kind of bring up randomly, yeah, we've been trying to have a baby and you kind of did the same. And like, oh my, but it's not working. You're like, it's not working. I'm like, oh my God. And we both started crying <laughs> and hugging and just realizing we had that this profound thing in common that we mm-hmm. are both wanting to be mothers and it's just not working for us right now. Yeah, so, so we yeah, we definitely just, hit the cans hard and we were two drunk girls crying while the Delta Rigs were playing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was such a, like, it's a, it was really unexpected because we were getting along quite well up until yeah. that point, but it was this really incredible bonding moment where we were realising that we were both going through this really challenging and unexpectedly challenging um, experience of trying to conceive and we'd been trying for a while. I think... We must have been, I think we'd both been trying somewhere, but like around a year, maybe not quite a year at that uh, point. I think we were like only at the six month mark, but we've been tried, okay, yeah. you know, the year prior in between knee surgeries and yeah. moving. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like all up, it would probably been like eight, 12 months on mm-hmm. and off. But yeah. the only thing that could have made that story better if we were in the girls' bathroom. I know. <laughs> well, they were like portaloos, so I don't yeah. think it would have been quite as glamorous. But we were, I think we were close to the bathroom. We so it was probably one step away from yeah. crying in the toilets. Um, but yeah, and that was really special because all of a sudden, because it's a really, um, and we're actually going to go, um, our next couple of episodes are going to be sort of special episodes where we each talk about um, our journey to pregnancy um so that might be um you know something that some listeners are interested in and some listeners aren't that's no drama at all but we thought that it might be a really nice way to share um both of our stories in terms of trying to conceive and and what it took for us to become Mm -hmm. bumped um and so yeah it was just so nice because it's such a unique experience um and there's so many weird things and so many mm-hmm. mini milestones and things that you that that don't feel like big things like getting your period or yeah. like it but it, but it was just it was amazing to have you and we ended up like talking every day and yeah and just day. kind of yeah every single little moment and every single frustration and every little you know um everything every question and hope hope, grief everything like making sure that you know especially up into the lead up to IVF or during IVF that what you were experiencing wasn't abnormal that like someone else had gone through it and your feelings were validated because someone else had felt them and gone through them yeah and we um yeah so we bonded but then that kind of gave a bit of a green light for a widening of that community as well because yeah. we both ended up creating um, TTC Instagram accounts and the sort of the community that sort of started with us um, because at that point it was kind of like, oh, I think it should happen soon. Yeah. Um, but then those months go on and and it is a really unique experience that some of your friends and family and, um, you know, even your partners, to, you know, to a degree aren't fully understanding mm. um, well, it's, it's something that's like embarrassing too you don't want to admit that mm. you can't get pregnant so talking to just your friend about it, they're like oh don't worry just relax go get a massage go on a holiday yeah it's saying those things aren't helpful so yeah. to be able to speak to someone who was feeling the same thing was like a fresh of breath air like you were validated and what you were saying 
wasn't dismissed it was listened Mm -hmm. to and heard and so yeah being able to tell someone yeah I've made you know an appointment to go to see a fertility clinic Mm -hmm. you know just to get checked out was like oh yeah awesome that's amazing rather than oh just wait your 12 months like you'll be fine you're young you're fit yeah and you know and sharing like hey I'm listening to this and I'm reading this and and check out this kind of person and it's um yeah it was really special so um that's how we met and connected and now we are so incredibly lucky to be um pregnant at the same time which we were really (laughs) hoping for um (laughs) so yeah so that's um it it was kind of fate I think that um that allowed us to you know come together and yeah um, and it's been um, a really lovely way to kind of share those ups and downs with someone who um, who gets it. So, um, you know, so I had a Shell, really, yeah. Oh, sorry, no, go a, for it. Before we moved back to Melbourne, we had like a girls' wine day at your mm-hmm. house, and we planned to have like a nice, like sunny day in orchids, <laughs> and it just wasn't. But your mum was there, and we actually had a really lovely chat, and she. Mm had mentioned how amazing it was that we had connected yeah. at a time that we pro- probably both needed each other. Yeah. And that was like really special that like your mum had said that to me and I was like, yeah, it really is. Mm-hmm. It totally so, was. Thanks, yeah. Hayley, for coming into my life. and Thank you, Rochelle. Thanks um, to the Smiths so, for introducing us. <laughs> I know. Um, and now you're pregnant. Yay. So what has your pregnancy been <laughs> like how did you let's start at the beginning so how did you find Mm. out that you were pregnant well it wasn't one of those beautiful surprise like we've been trying and it's like (laughs) oh my god we made it no um we had our transfer and I mean I guess we'll talk about the whole IVF process in my next the next episode about how I got pregnant but I I'm an addict when it comes to taking pregnancy tests. Like I mm-hmm. can not wait. I need to know. I need that control. So I think it was, you know, the day after um, my transfer, I had to have another booster injection, which I can explain later. Um, and then basically after that last booster, I was taking pregnancy tests. And just watching that second line disappear from the booster, like every other time I expected that it just to – go away in the one line. I'm like, okay, cool. But it didn't, it got darker and darker. And so I probably knew a week in or a week Mm -hmm. after my transfer that it had worked and I wanted to surprise Jed, but that just went out the window. I was like, oh my God, you need to come and look. Like, is this line darker? Is it darker? And he's like, yeah, I I think so. He just like flattened me. I'm like, okay, you're not excited yet. That's cool. You'll get there. And I just kept taking tests maybe like twice a day, morning, evening, Evening one was always darker. And then I went in for three blood tests a week apart to make sure my HCG was rising. And it was, thank God, where I guess in the past we've had chemical pregnancies where the HCG just hasn't risen. So Mm -hmm. it was a very stressful time for Jed and I to wait for that phone call and wait for that another week for a blood test. So I knew quite early on that it had worked, but it wasn't until after week six that it had kind of honed in that we're pregnant, the HCG and baby's fine and it was really exciting and then we got to tell our parents. And Hayley, you're totally different. You waited, right? Yeah, so we we had our transfer as well and I didn't – we didn't test until it was maybe – 12 days in. Um, so we had our blood test scheduled on the Monday, but that was actually the first day back of term two. Um, and so I knew that I couldn't handle finding out a on the phone, like Mm. away from Stuart and be like the first day back at school. I just like, I just didn't want to know. So we chose to test, I think it was either the Friday or the Saturday of that last weekend of the school holidays um, so that we would have the weekend to process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually pretty good, like, to distract myself during that two-week 
weight. Um, we painted the kitchen and we planted a veggie garden and we just kind of, yeah, I, I was surprised at how calm kept very busy. I was. Yeah. Um, and then we did the test in the morning um, and <laughs> the first thing I just started like, I was just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, because, this, yeah. you know, this double pink line. And, you know, when you've been trying to conceive, you've seen a lot of negative pregnancy yes, tests. You so you you almost can't fathom what whether like. people really yeah. do get pregnant or whether <laughs> it's just this great big conspiracy and what this double line actually looks like. Um, and the first thing Stuart was like, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, my God, he doesn't even know what the two lines means that we're pregnant. And I just, I just kept saying, oh my God, we're pregnant. Oh my God, it worked. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It just was, the shock was so intense. Um, And then we, um, I actually messaged you pretty much straight away um, because we had been so close in terms of, you know, our our paths. And I knew that that was like, I just, I just wanted you to kind of know and then to you know, to be able to kind of process that as well. Um, And so then I had my blood test on the Monday and then they confirmed, um, confirmed that it was um, that the HCG levels were really nice and strong and um, it got a little bit bumpy after that, but I'll talk about that in a minute. So, um, so what were the first couple of weeks like for you (laughs) once you'd got that confirmation? Well, the first couple of weeks were actually good. I still had energy. I didn't have any symptoms until I'd say six and a half weeks and I just started to be really tired. That was, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, pregnancy. Like I'm like, I'm going to be one of those people who have had like a tough time getting pregnant and it's just going to be smooth sailing. (laughs) (laughs) And then like everything just shattered (laughs) and I was nauseous, like, Mm -hmm. Like it, like a tsunami had hit me. I'm so nauseous. I'm so tired. Like I couldn't stand up straight. It was awful. Um, I couldn't eat anything. Like I, I could keep food down. I just had no energy to chew anything. So Ritz being like a soft, like salty biscuit was like mm-hmm. the only thing I could eat. It was, yeah, it was really fun and beautiful. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was my first trimester basically in bed I had to quit my job um it just became too much too stressful Mm -hmm. for me especially with my anxiety and having taking so long in IVF and I think being on hormones as well like um I was on extra progesterone to make sure that you know she'd stayed and was healthy Mm -hmm. so everything was I guess magnified as well and me being in real estate and especially in Melbourne during a lockdown, everyone, I guess, is kind of panicking. They, you know, can't afford their rent. It was just too much for me at that point. So I had to step down and, mm-hmm. you know, apologise for, like, not being able to be there because I didn't want to go to that point where I'd been working but then my job performance had slipped because it's, you know, it's still my reputation, you mm-hmm. know. But... <laughs> Yeah, I I had to leave and thankfully we're in the position where I could step down and would still be okay financially Um, and, yeah, just focus on myself, being healthy, make sure that she's okay, I'm not overstressing. So, yeah, the first trimester was definitely a little bumpy in the fact that I just couldn't think and I was forgetful but we told family and you, we told you, I think you were, besides Jed, you were the first person yeah. we told and that was really exciting because you'd beat me to the punch three months prior and I was like, determined, like I'm going to get there, like we're going to be I'll pregnant at the same time. <laughs> um, so what other pregnancy symptoms? So you were really nauseous and like energy-wise oh, really got knocked around. Was there anything else that you um, experienced in that first trimester? I think in my first trimester it was mainly – just extreme nausea, a little bit of like, I guess it might have been like vertigo or dizziness every time mm. I stood up and that might have been lack of food or water. Like you try to do as much as you can, but you're in survival mode once you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you just need you just do everything to just get through the day and survive and you know make sure you get something in your stomach so it was yeah nausea dizziness I didn't have headaches until the second trimester and just yeah extreme tiredness that were like they were like the main things for me I didn't have anything else which I'm thankful for because I'm a big wuss when it comes to like actually being (laughs) sick like I think I've only physically thrown up like four or five times in my entire life that I can remember oh my gosh and that's it like most of them were probably I think three of them were drunk or hungover and two of them were like actually being sick yeah it's like I, I, I I'm a big baby and I don't like it so I'm glad that that wasn't my experience although yeah. looking back I'm like if I could have just thrown up and felt better I would have taken it yeah they're the lucky ones. <laughs> the lucky ones. And you had completely similar but very different to me. Yeah, so we um we were just like I don't know. I think it kind of those first few weeks were really surreal but just so exciting and you know, we told some people but not everyone and you're just kind of carrying this special little secret yeah. and um, but you know, to be honest, and I think, I think your experience was quite similar, you know, because we'd taken a while to get mm-hmm. to this point and because in that process we had, um, you know, I was listening to a lot of podcasts and, and I was hearing, you know, like I knew that being pregnant didn't guarantee mm-hmm. that I'd get to the second trimester. It didn't guarantee, you know, it's still not a guarantee. So yeah. I definitely wasn't being negative, but I had this real sense of, um, you know, this is this is today, today, today I'm pregnant, pregnant. today, you know, I am hopeful, I'm praying, I'm lighting all sorts of candles and um, one of my mum's friends even brought um, a beautiful like bit of holy water and a special candle from um, overseas in Italy, very like holy, like Catholic sort of, you know, um, just do everything to keep that. There was just so many um, and I like meditated every day and, you know, so I was kind of just trying to summon (laughs) as much kind of grace and and luck and um, but we, so those first few weeks were really great, you know, it was just kind of business as normal Um, and then at around just before six weeks um, I started bleeding Um, and that was absolutely terrifying because only the day before my mom and I were talking and she was like she was talking about someone else that she knew that had a bleed and it didn't mean anything so just in case you know and I was like yeah yeah for sure like I know you know those things don't necessarily mean that anything's wrong and then it happens and I was in I was at school um and I could just feel it come on when I was Uh in the middle of teaching so then I rushed to the toilet and then you know like it was so – it was just so scary. And, like, you know, I didn't have a pad. I didn't have anything. Because yeah. you're so pregnant. I called, Why do you need Yeah, it? exactly. So I called my clinic um, and then they took a little while to get back to me and then she was like, look, you know, it might be fine but call your doctor. Um, so I was so lucky that I could get into the doctor um, and I could actually see um, my – who, you know, my obstetrician yeah. who's now awesome. kind of taking me through – Um, but even then, like I'd never seen her before and I'd always just kind of gone like casually to the doctors. So it was amazing that I could actually get in to see her and they, we'd scheduled a, an ultrasound, but at six weeks, you can't guarantee that you're actually going to get a heartbeat regardless. So we knew that that was possible, um, you know, possibly not going to give us the reassurance. And then my HCG was rising, but it wasn't rising enough to be a total guarantee. It was still Mm. in this kind of like, okay, we just have to wait. And oh my God. So that week was just horrible. Like luckily the bleeding had stopped, but you just, you just can't. Yeah. It was just, it was just really awful. Um, And then we managed to get a little heartbeat um when we went to our six-week scan um isn't that the best sound you know it's just we actually didn't hear it but we saw it yeah but even though 
like I just knew that it was okay. Like I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't surprised or relieved. I was just almost like reassured. So it's just incredible what your instincts, like even though I was fully stressed, um, yeah. there was something really like I just, I knew that it was okay. Yeah. Um, and then after that, <laughs> after that, which was terrifying, um, the nausea came. So I was sick every morning for from six weeks to about 19 weeks. Yeah. Um, nausea all day. So just that feeling of being hungover and like, I mean, I like to have a drink and my hangovers are pretty bad, but this constant mm -hmm. hangover. Um, so on one hand, I was really, really <laughs> upset because I was like exactly like you. Yeah. You know, we've had we've had a challenging journey to become pregnant, not, you know, and mine was definitely challenging, but not, you know, not devastating. Like, you know, mm -hmm. there's so many women who have gone through so much more, but it was really difficult for us. So I've had that journey. I'm gonna have this beautiful pregnancy. I'm gonna have I'm gonna, it's rainbows and butterflies. I'm gonna and glow. I'm gonna be textbook. I'm just gonna like. I was so excited about being pregnant, and I just Same. knew that it was gonna be this beautiful natural experience. And no, it bloody wasn't. So nausea all day, morning sickness every morning, um, and. This was COVID time, so mm -hmm. and working full time, so it was really, really challenging to get to work <laughs> every day. Yeah. Um, and we in South Australia, we did not have the COVID experience that other states had. However, it was still this looming threat, and it was like, should I even be at work? Should I try and yeah. work from home? But I wasn't ready to tell, you know, my like my boss at this point, people at school knew, thank mm -hmm. God, because they gave me a little bit of sanctuary and support in the office when I just sat there and just like zombied <laughs> out at recess and lunch, just eating my little crackers. Um, but it was, it was still incredibly stressful because we were sort of doing online learning. We had some kids at school, the anxiety of our staff and I'm a, um, in leadership as well. So mm -hmm. There was so much of my own stuff plus yeah. the emotional needs and challenges of our staff plus the emotional needs <sighs> and challenges of our students. And I work with um, students with disabilities. So then there's that other layer. Like it just wow. was the worst term of my life. Crazy. Um, and it just became – and then, of course, you know, you're slowly getting a little bit heavier and mm -hmm. things aren't fitting and, you know, it's – it Your was body changes. Yeah, it was really, really hard. And I am someone who, um, look, loves some chocolate and oh, yeah. uh, don't get me wrong, but I actually, you know, I live a really healthy life. Um, you know, I do Pilates, I do yoga, um, you know, I love to go for walks, Um I, you know, used to be a dancer and played a bit of hockey, but I definitely don't do kind of intense exercise anymore. Um, but it was really difficult because I was like, well, I can't move. Like I'm like, mm. I wake up, I'm sick. I have a bit of breakfast. I go to work. I come home. I sit on the couch. I go to bed like that. It just, and it became really difficult to be like, I don't even know if I'm giving my baby what it needs, but yeah. I actually can't do much more. So um, yeah, so the first I kind of was like, oh, cool, this is like first trimester morning sickness. No, and then it was like week 13 and week 14 and week 15 and 16 and um, and then and then it's sort of like lots of people were like, oh, no, mine finished around wait, week 18. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to be like a week 18 person. <laughs> so then I got to about that and then at around about, no, I reckon it was week 17 I had the best week of my life. I wasn't oh. throwing up. The nausea had stopped. I was so energized. I was literally like beaming. <laughs> and then I started throwing up again. Oh, <laughs> so my God. Like, oh my God. 
But luckily that was only for sort of another two weeks and it was just throwing up and not the nausea as well. So the nausea kind of eased around um, 17 weeks, which was good. Um, And then I I tried to get back into Pilates around that time, but I actually came home and then threw up. So I was like, I think... I think I need to sort of just take it a bit more easy. Um, and then since um, since then, once the nausea had stopped, um, it's definitely still been kind of challenging in a way of like I just don't know how my body's going to respond at any mm. given day. You know, you kind of get the back aches. Um, I've been having a lot of round ligament pain, just kind oh, of stretching. Yeah. Um I definitely haven't had that like energy boost of second mm-hmm. trimester. Like I feel more normal now, um, but it's been I'm, – I'm just really trying – I'm actually in my third trimester now, just at the start of my third trimester, but I really tried in my second trimester to just f- really focus and, and enjoy because I figured that that was probably – the best that it was going to get in terms yeah. of <laughs> well that's what they say to yeah trimesters, like the best yeah so it was um and definitely um I had some pretty so second term was just really really difficult and then third term I um even though I wasn't sick anymore emotionally it was incredibly draining um I had some pretty massive meltdowns um Mm. and quite a significant meltdown at work which was just really confronting because I was like I'm not okay like I'm not Mm -hmm. handling things and I'm actually not being particularly professional or respectful at this point um and so then from that point which was probably around maybe around 20 weeks, I really started to invest back into like a bit of a wellbeing strategy. So Mm -hmm. getting up a little bit earlier, doing some yoga or going for a walk in the morning, having a really good breakfast um, and just focusing on lots more um, mindfulness and looking after myself and not just like, yeah, just trying to find these little pockets of gratitude and definitely like getting up that bit earlier in the morning has actually been awesome because then I'll listen to music or I'll, yeah, do some yoga or go for a walk. And um, I've been feeling heaps better since um, because it's, you know, it's difficult when you've still got a, you know, you've got external stresses and then you're kind of trying to raise this, you know, or grow this baby in a really nice calm environment and you're not that calm. So yeah, that's definitely been, um, really difficult um but the uh, at 19 weeks on the dot um I got my first bit of movement and so that has been so from 19 weeks on um feeling the baby move has just been the most incredible thing to just know that it's going okay and to kind of because before that I didn't really feel very connected to it as well. Yeah. Um, I, it still felt really surreal and I just kind of was like, yeah, I'm, I'm not like I didn't instantly love it. Like I was obviously happy to be pregnant, but yeah. I really thought that this like connection would happen a lot quicker. Um, but after once it was moving and then at around 24 weeks I sort of bumped out a bit like so like my bump was really like popping and mm-hmm. and I like I was clearly looked pregnant as opposed to like mm, has she just had a few Big Macs um yeah. like me right now <laughs> like yeah is she it fat is that or like is that ISO weight or is she pregnant <laughs> yeah, especially you, you the ISO I know <laughs> but you do get like for me um yeah around 24 weeks I got this really cute kind of pop and bump and I was like okay cool now I look pregnant I'm feeling the baby, I'm feeling like myself, I'm doing a lot of work to, you know, eat as well as I can and, you know, be looking after myself. Like it's been um, far more enjoyable. Not perfect but, oh, and one weird symptom um, from like probably about six weeks, like my nipples have been on fire (laughs) and I was like is this normal is this like a thing so that's one symptom and especially if it gets too cold it they literally catch on fire like it's just 
unbelievable. <laughs> so funny. I know, like, their first trimester, yeah, they're, like, definitely sensitive. Like, uh-huh. you just don't want anything to touch them. But mine yeah. have calmed down where you're oh, having good. to put, like, heat packs on yours. I know. Like, I have to, like, rub them <laughs> and put, like, heat packs on. And it's so – it's really strange. And, like, my – yeah, my boobs just, like, grew straight away. So now – and, like, I've always kind of been a BC cup. Oh, yeah. What are you now? Well, I've gone from like a 12B to a 14C, almost a a D. And that's the whole thing too. Like, And and this is another topic that we're going to explore a little bit later, but like dressing with boobs, like I haven't had to worry about that where now like I have to put things on and I'm like, oh, I cannot wear that to school because it's way too (laughs) inappropriate. So, um, yeah, so there's been – um, yeah, a, a list of symptoms, um, but I have also been really fortunate in lots of ways as well. So I'm, yeah. I'm definitely feeling a bit more comfortable in my changing body um, at the right. moment. So um, what have been – so how many weeks are you – oh, so I'm – at the time of this recording, I'm 28 weeks. Oh um, where are you at, Rochelle? Your 28 weeks have gone so fast. I, I know. The, the, really the day I got that message. I am 15 weeks and two days today. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Some days I feel like, yep, that's like a bump. And other days I'm like, mm, she's just like had a lot of chocolate and cake. And <laughs> not that I've been eating cake. I have had uh-huh. chocolate and some lollies and things like that. A lot of white carbs, first mm-hmm. trimester, just white carbs. It's the only thing that baby girl wanted. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if she wants it, I'm going to give it to her. <laughs> she's already, she's already like ruling my life. Um, yeah, it's not yeah. me that wants the donuts. No, it's, it's the her. baby. <laughs> you know, another symptom that I had was like my skin broke out so yes. bad and I remember you saying oh you're having a girl like <laughs> girls like they yeah. drain the beauty from you I'm like okay because like, I've always say. thought my first was going to be a boy but mm-hmm. nope she's a girl and a girl. your theory was correct and it's only kind of now that it, I'm getting my beautiful acne under under control a little Good. bit Good, good. It's so the old wives' tales have been so interesting because I reckon like 50% of mine are a boy and 50% are a girl. But then there's kind of been a few more girl things lately and I'm like, hmm, interesting. Because you're not finding out until no. it pops out. Nope. It'll be oh the gosh. gender reveal at the birth. Oh, that's so stressful to me. Like I just want, <laughs> I just want you to like give your OB permission to like just tell me. Oh, like, well. Just tell me. My sister um, really wanted to know and, and we were kind of exploring, like I was thinking like, oh, maybe I could do that. But then my mum wanted to know, my sister-in-law uh, wanted to know. And then I was like, I can't just like, I can't, can't tell, tell one without the other. And and I was also really scared of like Slip, something like slipping, slipping. Yeah. because that I just would have been devastated to have that kind of ruined as opposed to finding out like you know so yeah um, like mine like when I I know I know I had I had my mother-in-law's friend so my mother-in-law works at a medical clinic and I get all my documents and results sent there so it's all in one place just because we move around a bit and so I called her and said I've just had this I don't know what it's called the harmony test or something Mm. to check for Down syndrome and um, you can find out the sex quite early. So I called her. I'm like, look, just FYI, these results will be coming. She's like, oh, okay, I'll get Jen to like hide them from me because she didn't want to know either. Mm-hmm. So I had um, her friend Jen order these, I guess, smoke and confetti cannons for me, four of them, and they're marketed as gender reveal. So you assume that the colour on them would be like just a gold or a silver Open the box. I'm assuming that they're not going to have any color on them. Mm-hmm. Pink, all four of them oh. at the bottom. I'm like, oh no! Like, obviously, super happy. Yeah. But like, it ruined the surprise that I could have with Jed. Absolutely. So you can hear Barnaby walking around yes. in the background. <laughs> um, so I emailed them, and they said, no, no. Like, they just put whatever color on them. I'm like. Mm. 
Yeah, right. Like all four of them are good pink. That seems a bit sus. But yeah. anyway, like I hid it from Jed. I hid it from everyone else and we did our gender reveal and lo and behold, it was pink and it's we're having okay. a girl. And I think for us knowing the gender and finally announcing kind of made it all real for us. Yeah. So we've been in this lockdown bubble where we're like only our like immediate family and you know and we started slowly telling mm-hmm. friends around 12 weeks, 12, 13 weeks. And then once we kind of announced on social media, it was real. Like yeah. if something happens, everyone's going to know now. It was a bit yeah. terrifying. But, yeah, that was a really exciting moment. But, yeah, I mean, props to you if you can wait your whole nine months until it. I know. I'd like to say just slides out, but it's probably not going to happen like that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's going to be that um, okay. that slippery. Um, yeah, it feels like not knowing is like the um, out of ordinary these days. I think lots of people find out, which is awesome. But, um, yeah, we just kind of wanted to keep it keep it a little surprise. Okay. I mean, it doesn't um, matter, does it? Like, does it matter what they are or yeah. if they're just as long as they're healthy and happy and – but I needed to prepare. Like, I'm like, okay, what's yeah. my nursery going to be like? What am I buying? Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, the stuff you've bought is so cute. Uh, I've been told multiple times I need to stop buying clothes because that's <laughs> apparently what people like to buy. So, yeah, it's that's okay. really hard. She is going to have the best wardrobe ever. A budget, but sometimes splurge because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, all of these beautiful baby things that, like, pop up on Instagram ads, like, I'm not going to spend all this money. I think it, I showed you like the alpaca little romper, $140 for a romper that they're only going to fit in for a couple months. It's insane. Yeah. So no. I'm just like, oh, hand-me-downs. Anyone got free things? Yes. Free things. Thank like you. many friends are listening, the baby girls, like, please. Hit like, us up. <laughs> if you don't want anything, just send it my way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so 28 weeks, 15 weeks, our stories so far. Um we will be um, each week. We're going to be giving um, some little updates in terms of where we're at and what's happened. Um, and we're also going to be talking about different things like um, you know body image and mm-hmm. and the changing body and what we're buying and um, you know a few other things. And we might talk more about announcements as well. I think that's a really interesting um, interesting thing for. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of pregnancy. Um, and each week, each episode, we're going to talk uh, about, we're going to finish each episode with a bit of a recommendation um, in terms of something that we are reading or listening to or watching that is um, pregnancy related. Sorry, I'm just smashing my microphone. Because you're too close. You've been told too close. I know. I'm close. sorry. Um, the worst podcast I ever. Um, so, uh, Rochelle, what is your um, – what are you reading at the moment? Well, I'm not reading anything at the moment besides my <laughs> app. Like I have these books and I should probably read them. But I just – I'm still in that stage where I am having nausea in the morning mm-hmm. and I have a third world problem where – like I'm hungry I don't know what to eat so I don't eat and then I'm overly hungry then I feel sick and it's like this big round circle so Mm -hmm. I thought I would recommend the book that I got Jed which is called dude you're gonna be a dad Um, (laughs) how to get both of you through the next nine months and it is really good it's Jed's not a big book reader but it's super easy to read it's funny you can hear him giggling in the other room um and it's it's not long-winded, so it's, like, quick, snappy, easy to read um, and about how to get not only, like, preparing him for what's to come during pregnancy and after mm-hmm. but how to help as well. Like, I think one of the little snippets in there is, like, hormone, like, you versus the hormones and, like, you know, talking about heartburn and stuff, which is really funny. So it gets, goes to the second trimester and the first thing they talk about is heartburn and I had the worst case of a heartburn mm-hmm. like the day night prior and just just like oh my god like what is going on and he's just like rubbing my back and he's like do you want a glass of milk I'm like milk what is that gonna do <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's a really good book if your partner you know isn't a reader and it's just yeah it, I don't I don't know how I was to explain it it's just a really good fun book that 
you know, he come, came and told me about. And I think, you know, a few weeks in, I kind of told you about it. And you're like, I didn't even know that about that. Nah. So it's really fun. Jed's like, have you done this? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, you're, you're probably going to get this test like later on. I'm like, okay, thanks. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. It's super easy book to read book. We'll probably put it in the show notes in case. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, we'll check it up on Instagram as well. Yeah. Because um, it's lovely to get um, partners involved. Yeah. Um, my recommendation, um, so I've just finished um, this book that I um, borrowed from a friend of mine um, and it's called Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Um, Ina May is a midwife in America um, she is um, reasonably well known and, and has been um, a midwife since the 70s. Um, she wrote Spiritual Midwifery, um, which is fairly well known in you know midwife and um, alternative therapies and holistic kind of health um, circles. Um, and I loved it. it. The first half of the book is women's stories, so um, stories about their um, childbirth and um, some of them needing intervention and some of them birthing um, uh, without medical intervention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second half is a little bit more scientific, but it's got a lot of kind of heart. Everything's um, referenced. And for me, it was really validating because my instincts were becoming really strong in terms of um, my views about um, delivering. Mm-hmm. and birthing and and the kind of choices that I would like to be able to make. Um, and this book sort of gave me the context and the language around that. So even before I read it, I kind of had this really um, strong excitement about labour and and I'm sure as um, in the next couple of weeks as we get closer and closer, we'll talk more about, um, you know, birth preferences and, and labour and, and all yeah. of those kind of juicy topics. Um but yeah, so so this is um, definitely something that if you are a little bit more um, holistic, if you're looking for kind of midwife care, um, or even if you just want to kind of get a sense of um, all your options, but also you know really playing into that um, women's intuition. Mm-hmm. We've been birthing for thousands of years, and and it gives you um, the research. And the anecdotal evidence around um, some of the things that you might that might really resonate with you. So it's definitely something that's a bit more um, kind of natural um, as opposed to kind of a highly medicated. Um, and and I, I think it's written in a way that is probably a little bit biased towards a natural birth. Yeah. Um, but it's really great to get kind of the full story. Um, and you know, if that's something that you're kind of leaning towards, then the book would be. Um, a great starting point. Um, and of course, um, you know, every, you know, every birth is going to be different and everyone's going to make different choices that are right for them. And that's, you know, also what we'd like to do um, with this podcast is really try to, you know, present lots of different kind of sides of, of yeah. the story. And just not um, one yeah. right way of doing things. If you want to no. have a medicated birth, good great on you you're not going to feel anything and that's awesome but if you want to have a natural birth like Haley, then you know you find strength in that pain mm. and push through for myself <laughs> yeah. I, well, we'll, I see. we'll see I'd how like, it pans out <laughs> I think I'd like a natural birth but I would also like you know the medications like maybe given me to given to me in, in options while yeah, I'm going for sure. labor yeah and I think the hospital that we've chosen is very open to whatever you want to do that they'll do it like if mm-hmm. you go in beforehand and say don't offer me anything they won't if you say offer it to me and if I say no be like cool maybe come back in an hour and ask me again because I might change my yep. mind or like yep. tell me you know you probably have half an hour before you're not allowed to have an epidural again so I know like when the cutoff is and if I feel yep. like you know what, I'm strong enough, I can do this, cool. And if not, then in the moment, who knows what I'm going to want to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Options, empowerment, options. Lots, exactly. of, lots of options. So that's, um, yeah, Ina May's Guide to Childbirth is my little reading recommendation. Um, and that brings us to the end of our first episode. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, as we mentioned a bit earlier, um, episodes two and three, we're going to be talking about um, – Uh, Episode two is going to be um, Rochelle's journey to pregnancy and episode three is going to be my journey to pregnancy. Um, If you are, um, yeah, not following us on Instagram, please 
have a little look um, at bom- Bumped Podcast, not Bumped Podcast, <laughs> Bumped Podcast. Bumped. Um, and if you like what you're listening to, then um, please let us know um, and tell your friends and we will chat to you again really soon. Yeah, if you have any questions or have any anything that you want us to talk about on the podcast, you can also email us at bumpedpodcast at gmail.com. Amazing. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.